G'day guys and girls and welcome back to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and as always on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. How you doing today bud? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Um, good weekend of fantasy footy? Yeah, I'm generally pretty happy with that. I mean, um, it wasn't too bad, to be honest. There was... I mean, after the last couple of weeks, it was amazing. So I was very, very happy with the scores I got. Yeah, there were a lot of bullets to dodge this week, I feel like. Some major ones. So mm. if you managed to only cop maybe one or two, you were pretty happy. But there are a few guys out there who copped, you know, Ross. They copped Atkins. They copped Matt Crouch. That's true. That's true. Um, that Gus Brayshaw. You know, there's a lot of bullets that were out there. If you only copped a couple... You're, you're pretty happy yeah. starting this week. If you copped all of them, geez, we feel for you. We're going to yeah, dive... that would be a very frustrating yeah. week. We're going to get straight into the games to try and help you out, especially if you're in that situation. So the first game of the round was the Swans taking on the Bombers on Friday night. The, uh, the Swans got up in the end... <laughs> Maybe thanks to Jake Lloyd just swinging on the uh, post there. Um, but no, that was uh, Rampy. <laughs> yeah, Rampy, sorry. Was Rampy, it Rampy? Yeah. Ah, yeah, there we go. That I was don't a... think Lloyd even contributed that much. <laughs> no, Lloyd did. Yeah, it was. Lloyd's actually been down the past few weeks. The last couple of weeks has been surprisingly but low it, scoring It for doesn't him. really matter because everybody has him. Everybody of note has him. And realistically, you have to end the season with him in your team. If he's not in your team, you're not going to compete Absolutely. at the end of the year. Absolutely. He's top six at the end of the year still. So you, the 49% that have him don't really care. Yep. The 51% that don't have him, he's dropping in price. He'll be perfect. So they're saving so, up for him. So it, it doesn't matter with uh, with Jake Lloyd. Just a whichever, side of, whichever side of the fence you're on, just, just learn to live with it. Um, yep. The... Uh, the rest of the Swans players, JPK had another really good game. He's actually having a very solid fantasy year this year. He's bounced back and come into some form in 2019. Um, he's still only a draft guy, though, for me. I wouldn't be considering him in Classic League. I wouldn't be looking at him in Classic. I mean, the thing is, he's getting the job done because he's playing a sole hand in their midfield at the moment. Exactly. Really. Um, but the rest of the team isn't damaging enough that it's actually worth sending anyone to him and he's also one of those guys that's pretty much impossible to tag exactly Um, one of the Sydney players I want to talk about and I know we talk about him almost every single week now and that's Isaac Heaney Uh, oh yeah is he going to turn it around at any stage or is this just a complete lost cause and we need to jump off of him in I mean, draft leagues, you've just got to hold him. You're getting nothing for him at the moment. Yeah, I've got him in a redraft. And unfortunately, I'm kind of stuck with him. Um, And I'm actually playing him on the field most weeks because you're never quite sure what's going to come up each week. But he's averaging 85 with an average of 83 in the last five games. He's got a break-even of 125. Uh, he's lost 57k on the season, mm. uh, and he's priced at 601. So, geez, those last three weeks, 78, 67, 65. That's just awful, isn't it? Yeah, GWS and Brisbane aren't great teams to score against. No. Um, so you got coming up North. North are giving up a few points. Collingwood are not giving up points. I, I and Geelong, I who like also it. aren't really. Uh, Look, if you I, if you still own him, you just need to jump off at all costs in salary cap leagues. Yeah, I think you need to move him on. There's there's just no question for Because me. the other thing too with Heaney is, and we've said this pretty much every week too, he doesn't have the ceiling. Yeah. So it's not like he might come back and pull out a 120 or a 130 for you. If he has a good game, he's probably going 100 to 105. Mm-hmm. So I don't really see much upside in hanging on to him and hoping that he turns it around. Would you say the same thing about Zach Jones, one of the guys that we were quite bullish on two or three weeks ago? Uh, who looked like being someone that could edge into the top six defenders in the comp. He's really fallen away, And has away, yeah. really fallen away. So his last three averages all the way down to 74.7. 
So what what have his last three been? They've been uh, 62 and 58 against Essendon and Brisbane. Um, and before that, he'd gone 104, 105, 96, 103, and 77. Uh, so Yeah, unfortunately, he, I think he's probably in the same boat. I actually have more faith in Jones being able to pull out a high score. A turnaround, yeah. Than Heaney. But those last couple of weeks don't fill me with confidence. And their run coming up isn't great. Yeah, so. he's, he's losing money now. He lost 24k um, this round, uh, which brings his season price uh, increase down to just 92k. So yeah. he's, uh, he's starting to lose that money that he made us as a mid-pricer. Would you, if you own him, would you be jumping off or that, or just treating that as a complete luxury trade and hoping that he turns it around? I suspect I probably have other things to worry about. Yeah. You'd hope that North Melbourne against them this week, that he could turn it around. I'd yeah. give him one more week. Particularly, I think it's a game he could excel in too because he's, he's a lot quicker than pretty much the entire North Melbourne midfield. They Agreed. don't have a huge amount of pace, so mm-hmm. he really could take advantage of that and get a few points this week. But. Yeah. If you don't have anything else to do and you've got him, uh, I don't mind moving him on. Yeah. I'm uh, not sure who I'd trade him to. but Yeah, true. Uh, over to the Bombers. Uh, Zach Merritt was just absolutely brilliant for 136. He just looked terrific out there. Um, I don't think we need to mention it too much. He's got a good run coming up. If you can Great afford run. to get him into your side, you need to bring him in as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. If you can't, if you're looking at you know trying to get rid of some players who are injured, players like Scrimshaw or Ross, and you can't quite get up to him, I don't mind looking at other players who are a little bit cheaper. Um, Sometimes you've just got to get rid of those non-playing players and not try and trade out players who still have some money to make um, in order to reach up to these guys. Absolutely, absolutely. Before we went on air, actually, we were talking about there's two competing interests at this point in the season. There's a bit of a tension between them, and that's your your points on field Mm -hmm. and your cash generation. And sometimes you've got to give up on one to actually take advantage of the other. So it's just where your team's at, whether you're going for overall rankings, whether you're going for league wins, what you need to worry about this week. Just exactly. Where the, if if where you're you trying sit. to win your league, generally what you're probably looking more closely at is cash generation so that you can have the best team towards the end of the season when your yep. finals come up. But So you're also competitive along the way as well. Um, whereas if you're going for overall ranking, if you're still ranked within the top, you know, probably 2,000, mm-hmm. I'd say, the top... Uh, maybe 3,000 I'd extend yeah, that out to still have a chance after the top 100 or two yeah so if you have a uh, if you're still ranked in the top two to 3,000 you've still got a decent chance of, of getting into the top 100 by the end of the year so maybe that's where you're looking at getting those uh, bulk points as much as you can maybe you try and reach a little bit and trade some of these guys out a little bit earlier um, were there any other Essendon players you wanted to bring up quickly? Because Essendon just really aren't proving to be that fantasy-friendly this year. A lot of the guys like Devin Smith, we were completely sold on before the season. Just mm. I wouldn't be going anywhere near Devin Smith at the moment. Um, nope. The role isn't there. The scoring isn't there. It's just awful. Dylan Shields, too up and down. He's a draft guy only for me. Uh, they have a lot of draft only Yeah, they do. So, and they're draft only guys who are already owned. Yeah. So it's not really like we can even add a lot of value on him. Exactly. So, and and Braden Ham as well. Look, he's probably going to find his way out of the team this week after a loss and only getting 36 points. 
It's unfortunate for owners, but I think he's just going to be one of these guys that's in and out of the team. He'll probably miss a couple of weeks and come back in yeah, in a fortnight. He'll be first in, first out. Exactly. For the rest of the year, I'd say. It's, yeah. He looks lively, and he, he looks good when he's out there, but he's not getting a huge amount of the ball. 100%. Okay, so the, uh, the next game of the round on Saturday morning, that was the Bulldogs taking on Brisbane, and... The Bulldogs won this one pretty comfortably in the end. It was a close affair for the first half, but after that, they sort of skipped away. And there were some big fantasy scores out of this game from some of the big names that we know. The biggest for me is Josh Dunkley. Now, he's yeah. a talking point this week. So I'm. 645k, mm-hmm. break even of only 49. Yeah, he's he made big 40k weeks. this week. He did. But and he's lost value on his score total score at the start of the year. So I was that's what I was just about to say. He going into this round he had lost 90k from the start of the year. Mm-hmm. He's made half of that back this round. So he's still 50k cheaper though than he was at the start of the year, which is yeah. which is a bargain. Now, look, the big thing for me and for yourself obviously is the beverage factor. Yeah. Will beverage just turn on a dime and say, "Right, we're playing this guy in the forward line again. He's going to play, you know, a half forward flanking role. We need him up there and he the scoring is it going to dry up?" The biggest factor for me going into this week is that Beveridge ga- or the coaches together gave Josh Dunkley 10 out of 10 possible votes mm. for in the coaches' votes this week, which means that Beveridge must have given him his full five. So he obviously likes the role that Dunkley is playing. He liked, the, liked what he did this week, at least. Exactly. And last week he was high up in the coaches' votes as well. I think he got eight, seven or eight points yeah, there. I remember. Which means that I think this role will continue. So sure, I think I mean, you can be pretty happy with it for the moment. I hope it does, just because he's a, it's painful to watch him in the forward line when you know how good he can he's be He's a gun in the, the midfield. So I am all on board Josh Dunkley. Everyone just has to suck it up, realise that, yes, Beveridge was trying to pull a fast one on us at the start of the year. He's changed his mind. He's back in the midfield. Bring him in as soon as possible. I'm, I'm you know... You're looking at him this week, Absolutely bring him in this yeah, week. I, I'm on board with that. I think don't let your pride get in the way of bringing him back in. Yeah. Yeah, so because that's the thing. There, there is a lot of people who will just be absolutely sour on him after that terrible start to the year. But he's turned it around. I think we've got to accept that now. I'm, and the other thing, too, is it's not like we're flush for good forward options. Yeah, so, I mean, exactly. You and I both brought Zeebel in last week. That's how desperate we were. Oh, Jesus. Well, I mean, he made a little bit of cash and he's still got a low-ish break-even. But, um, yeah, we, we took a punt on that and it didn't particularly work. No. That's okay. We, uh, we move on from there. Um, Lockie Hunter had a good round uh, with 123, and Sam Lloyd jumped up for his one good score every, you know, sort of six weeks. Um, that won't continue. I wouldn't be jumping on Sam. Is good when they have a decent matchup. Yeah. Because that... that He's a downhill sort of, skier. That sort of link-up role, he can get a lot of the ball if they're on top. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's a streamable option in drive. Just stick him on your bench and swing yeah. him on the field when you think he's got a good matchup. Um, now, I wouldn't be looking at uh, Jackson Trengrove's score of 99 with any particular enthusiasm because nope. Tim English will come straight back in this week after missing late with uh, General Soreness. Uh, he'll push Fletcher Roberts out of the side who was injured anyway. So, yeah, you can imagine that uh, Trengrove will go back into defence. He won't be getting those extra points from tackles and hitouts. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be jumping on Trengrove particularly quickly. Yep. Um, Libba, if anyone still has him, he got 83 this week. I think he still needs to go regardless. If Absolutely. Still got him. I think his break-even was 123 last week, so, so he's still, still very high. Still bleeding he's cash. He's just leaking cash, so make sure you get rid of him. Will Hayes did enough with 64 just to keep generating cash, but he's 
pushing his way out of my thoughts for being on field. So uh, a, a couple of weeks ago, you know, he was one of those guys that we all wanted to get onto the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I would be looking at, obviously you've got Constable ahead of him. Yep. I, I mean, if he plays this week. He was the second choice for late in after yeah, Selwood came I've, in for 10 minutes. He's good he, enough. I think he should play, but who knows trying to predict what the Cats will do. With yeah, the Chris Scott might just play silly, silly buggers again and make him play in the VFL. It makes yeah. no sense. Um, but yeah, Will Hayes, I'm, I'm not playing him over I, players like Jay Lockhart. Jay Lockhart plays on the field I before him for Lockhart me. ahead of him, Constable ahead of him, Dersmer ahead of him, Stack, Stack ahead, ahead of him. him. They're probably the obvious yeah. ones, I think. Um, so just move Walsh him down your list. will be a discussion point later on. Is mm-hmm. obvious. Just just move yeah. him a little bit further down. Uh, any other Bulldogs, or shall we move on to the Lions? Um, Caleb Daniel had an off week, but if you've got him, I'm not yeah, panicking hold. after yeah. one week. No issue, just hold. He's he's had a, a great season. I think this is just a down week. Yeah, uh, and it was hard, tough conditions, actually, for the more silky players. Yeah. Um, because it was quite it was... windy, cold, and, and wet. Yeah. So. Uh, classic middle of winter. Mm-hmm. On the Lions side of the ledger, Dane Zorko is really liking the extra attention that Lockie Neal is getting <laughs> at this it, point it? in the season. He's been on a roll. So he, he's not the worst idea to have a look at if you're looking for a big point of difference in salary oh, cap leagues. He's a big POD for sure. Uh, but he, he has been on a, a great run the past few weeks. Um, and Mitch Robinson has looked really good uh, over the last month as well. So... I'm not as on board with him as I am with Dane Zorko. He doesn't... I mean, it's... Although saying that, we don't have a lot of great choices for forwards. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, Zorko's... You're right there? Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Something in the throat. Um, (laughs) Zorko is... I just get really emotional about (laughs) Mitch Robinson. Well, he gets emotional about everything, just aggressive about everything, he which does. is what I love to watch on the field. He does, yeah. I was just going to say, Zorko, 685, break-even at 68, and only owned by 2% of teams, so awesome point of difference. Robbo, um, yeah. Not not as much for me. I, 661% owned, so a massive, massive point of difference. And the fact that he's a forward is a bonus, but he's someone that they could give a role to on any given week. Mm-hmm. So you're never a hundred percent sure. Having said that, he's gone three tons in a row. So yeah, it's it would be a big call on Robbo, but you know, sometime the uh, the brave uh, or to the brave go the spoils. So for an extra, what was it? I think it was an extra twenty k or so. I'd go Dunkley. Yeah, one hundred percent, no question. Um, Lockie Neal, as I said, he's getting a lot of extra attention at the moment, so it's really tough with to um, you know to pick Lockie Neal. I wouldn't be looking at him at the moment, and if you still own him, I'd be looking at trading him out. Actually, so agreed, which is a a big call, but I, I don't I, think it's that big a call. No, yep. So uh, the way he's playing at the moment, he's not top eight at the end of the year. Yeah. So you're kind of holding him just because you've got other stuff to do. Mm-hmm. And his ownership's down to 17% of teams. So so it's not like a whole lot of teams have him in and you can afford to carry him based on that fact. Yeah. You can't, so yeah, I, I think... There's better options at the moment. Um, all right, I think we might push on from there. I th- just quick word on Noah Answorth. There's a chance he might lose his spot on the side this week. So just keep an eye. They've got a couple of injuries to Jared Berry and Zach Bailey. Yeah. So maybe he keeps his spot, but he was one of the poorer performers on the day. So They've got a couple of guys that have been pushing in the... Um, the the Neafel. The Neafel from memory. Um, they're the ones that have got uh, Toby Wooler, don't they? 
Yeah, he's been smashing it for mm. weeks now, so mm. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes in. And they've also, oh, I forget the name of the other kid, the really big, tall one. But they, yeah, like you like yeah. you say, they do have a couple pushing from the uh, the seconds. Um, all right, so the uh, the second game on Saturday that was Carlton taking on the Magpies. This, oh my God, Carlton had a chance to knock off the uh, grand finalists of last year. Too what Carlton looked so good for most of this game. They were up to their bloody eyeballs in this game, and they just gave it away at the end. Uh, Collingwood didn't win this game. Carlton lost this game, unfortunately mm. for them. Um, but just just from a fantasy point of view, Collingwood went mental again <laughs> and had about yeah. eight uh, people score over a ton. Yep, so everybody knew what Brody Grundy was going to do this week. Um, yes. Big captaincy option again next week, by the way. Uh, Tom, who Bill- have they got next week? Uh, hang on, uh, they have. Let me bring that up. Question without notice. Well, yeah, I was about to say, you love your questions without notice. Well, if you say you? that he's a big captaincy option next week as well, you've got to say who's playing. Playing St Kilda, that was it. Kilda at the moment yeah, don't a- really have a recognised Ruckman. Marshall has been very, very good, but he is still a young guy who hasn't we had love, the... We love Marshall, but... He's going to get dominated around the yeah. Ruck by Grundy and and the Gorns of the world. Yeah. Um, he's a bit too small still. Yeah, so, uh, so I, I reckon he's a massive captaincy option this week. Uh, Tommy Phillips was terrific. Same with Trelaw. Side bottom to Goey. Callum Brown. He's a very interesting one, actually, um, mm. for, for deep draft leagues. But he did happen to get a, a little bit of an injury. Oh, okay. Um, he can be a little bit up and down as well. Yeah, true. Um, and Jack Chris made the 100 as well. He's turning himself into... Oh, he's not more consistent because he's always up and down. But his average score is pushing up into being in contention for a top six defender. Uh, absolutely is. So and I he think... could win you a final. There's a chance he could lose you one, but he could win you <laughs> yeah. a final. Yeah, he's that X factor. And um, he's 658k at the moment. I think that he is a luxury trade at this stage. If you well, if you need to bring in a defender, if you're looking at getting... If you've got your midfield pretty settled and you need to bring in another uh, defender, whether it's for someone like Brody Smith, who's leveled off, or Jack Scrimshaw, who's now injured. Yeah, yeah. True. I mean, he's a good option for me if you've got the cash to go up to him. Yeah, no, I, I can't argue with that. Yeah, a bit of a POD as well. I mean, he he doesn't have very low ownership. Um, you can check that for me now, but uh, he's he's not a particularly highly owned player from memory. So um, yeah, only eight point seven. Exactly. So he is a bit of a POD there. Um, and yeah, some some of the other players we're talking about here are all your uh, your draft guys. So. Uh, Majacek has been quite solid when he's played this year, to be honest. Same with Jaden Stevenson, who's still developing. He's going yep. to be a very interesting one to watch from a keeper league point of view. Um, and the the other issue here for draft leagues was um, uh, Tommy Langdon. Uh, now, Tom Langdon, for three or four years ago, looked like he was going to be one of the mm. best defenders in the comp. Yep. And has just turned into a dour, you know, mid-sized they, defender. Turned him from that intercepting and rebound guy into a lockdown guy that plays a little undersized. Yeah, the emergence of Jack Crisp, uh, as well as Jeremy Howe going back into defence. Yeah, uh, you know, there's too many intercept guys yeah. there. Well, it was he missed what two years with injury, pretty yeah. much, mm-hmm. or a year and a half. He missed a significant portion of time with injury, and while he was away, these other guys came in and took his role. Yeah, it just sucks, unfortunately, because there were a lot of people who had some huge raps on. Tom Langdon about three or four years ago. Yeah, to be to be a big guy for keeper leagues. Yeah, I mean, but with the exception of last year's final series, he hasn't really shown anything consistently for a while. Now, no, so. no. I just um, I just feel bad. You know, we, we've been in a keeper league that's been running for about three or four years now as well, and you, you've got those guys that you 
loved a few years ago and they just haven't come on like you hoped. Oh, they've gone backwards. Exactly. Perspective. Um, speaking of going backwards for some players, we're going to move on to the Gold Coast Suns and Melbourne game. Yeah, we're, we're not going to talk about Carlton? Uh, no, we're not going to talk about Carlton. I don't want to talk about Carlton. Because there's, there's one player that we have to talk about and I don't want to get my head around the idea of losing him from my salary cap team. And that's Sam Walsh. <laughs> He's just been so good this year. He's yep. been so good. And there, it's getting to the point where we might have to trade him out because while he is still getting, you know, around about those mid 80s scores, he's starting to lose a bit of cash on what his value is now. Well, I think this is the first week he's lost cash. He lost 9K this week. His break even's 104. He hasn't cracked the ton for a month now. And he's got the Giants up next, who are not giving up a huge, huge amount of points mm-hmm. to midfielders. So. We need to. This is look the at, exact example of points on field or um, or cash, cash generation. generation because he's still going to be more reliable than a lot of other rookies that you might have to play in his place. Mm-hmm. Like if you're getting rid of Walsh, chances are you're downgrading him and using the cash to upgrade someone else. Yeah. Do you have faith that the guy you're going to play on field and is going to score even remotely the same? I don't know. It's tough. I think if you if you are reasonably confident, if you've got a, a stack or a Dersma or a constable or someone on the bench, then I'd be quite happy moving Walsh on and swinging them onto the onto the field. Yeah, bring in a, uh, bring in a rookie, make a whole ton of cash and upgrade someone else, yep. like someone like a Ross or someone like a Scrimshaw. Yep. Yeah. If but if on the other hand you've got a an um, an Ainsworth Ainsworth whatever his name is mm-hmm. who may be under selection pressure this week or you've got I don't know off the top of my head someone else that you're not anywhere near as comfortable comfortable Hayes someone like that um, yeah you might you might be looking more towards keeping Sam Walsh for a little bit longer because he will still put up the the good score every now and then yeah so it, it's a tough one but for me if you've got the luxury trade if you're not having to trade out a whole bunch of injuries um, I don't mind the idea of getting rid of him this week yep. while he's still at this pretty high price. I agree, because you brought him in as a cash cow and he's made his cash. Exactly. Um, all right, so Paddy Cripps was terrific as well. Mark Murphy was uh, was solid. Um, yeah, there's there's not too many guys I want to bring up from Carlton. So I think we will actually, now that we've talked about Sam Walsh, move on to the uh, the Gold Coast Melbourne game. Uh, now, the, the big question here, we've got a lot to go through from a, a Melbourne point of view, but... Uh, Angus Brayshaw. Jeez. You own Angus Brayshaw in every single format. I own him in so many leagues. It's Every single so format. Uh, so you own him in keeper leagues, you own him in redraft, and you own him in salary cap. I do. Now, in sa- obviously, he's a keep in keeper leagues. There's there's no question there. You're holding on Absolutely. to him. Absolutely. In redraft league, what are you doing with him? Are you trying to move him on? Or are you holding and hoping for the I'm best? I'm holding and hoping for the best because there's not a lot of value in him mm-hmm. at this stage so I feel like if I do manage to sell him off to somebody I'm getting way under so it's a fair call and I'm lucky enough that my team's doing pretty decently even with him in it mm-hmm. so I'm not I'm likely to make finals so I'm hoping that he turns it around before the end of the year yep if I was down the bottom of the, the ladder and struggling to make finals it's probably a completely different story and in that scenario I probably am looking at trying to sell him off and get something that a bit of an X factor somewhere that might turn my team's fortunes around because he would be part of the issue I can actually see the hurt in your eyes in those (laughs) big baby browns that are just like 
welling up a little bit at the moment of the idea of getting rid of Angus Brayshaw because you he's have one of my such boys. a man crush he's on him. one of my him. boys. Like, if you... <laughs> have you have you tried to source where he buys the helmets from just so that you can have one yourself? <laughs> oh, no, I'm not quite that much of a diehard Yeah, fan. I don't know. Um, all right, so going back to, to him in uh, in fantasy, uh, yeah, salary, salary cap leagues, are, uh, are you just done with him now? Break-even of 137. You know what the closest is he's gotten to that? What's that? This what, year, what's he's 129 score? in round three. So he's not coming too close to it. He hasn't come... Cl- his highest score since then has been 104. All right. And, yeah, what's his, what's his score over the last few rounds? What's he doing over the last three? Last three, he went 104 versus Richmond, who are giving up uh, they're, scores they're to... They're leaking points at the They're moment. giving up scores to the guys that are selling food in the stands. So. <laughs> um, Hawthorne, he got 65. Gold Coast, he got 76. Yeah. So, he's just not, not delivering. 670k, he's lost almost 100 grand. So, yeah, you're getting rid of him? Yeah, because yeah, he's ditch, just going to keep him. he's going to keep bleeding cash, and then I can't do anything with him at that point. He's Absolutely. too cheap. Then I can't sideways him to anyone. Absolutely, for me, ditch. it's now or never. It's you got to get rid of him now. One hundred percent stuck with him. Okay, so and, oh, going um, apologies to everyone that's just listened to an extended discussion on Brayshaw because he's only owned by twenty percent of teams now. So and that's one fifth of people, and uh, most obviously we know about. Uh, round five or six, a lot of people start to drop out of the competition on the back end. There seems to be, tends to be a lot of ghost chips or ghost yeah. teams running around there with uh, with the same team that they had in round two with people that have just given up. Yeah. So, um, and they're, they're your casual players anyway, the guys that log in because their friends told them to at the start of the year and then just go, nah, I can't yeah. be bothered doing this. Um, all right, so Clayton Oliver, amazing score from him on the flip side. Yeah, nuts. He's another one I'd be looking at get, getting into the side, into your fantasy I'm side. I'm not convinced about that. No? No. I think you can't... Don't underestimate the fact that they played Gold Coast this week. Yeah, that's true. Gold Coast are giving up so many points to midfielders, it's ridiculous. Yeah, no, that is and a this good is, point. I think, I'm just checking as we speak, I'm pretty sure this is his best score for the year. It is his best score for the year, don't get me wrong. No, but in that the past, wasn't a massive jump considering he scored 160. In the past, past five weeks, he's gone 108, 114, 106, 97, 161. So it's not been too bad. It's been if, a very good right. run. So if you take this 161 out, which mm-hmm. is against Gold Coast, so I'm going to ignore that. Yep. In the month leading up to that, he had been solid without being spectacular. Yep. 114 versus St. Kilda is the only score I'm really excited about. And even then I'm kind of like, yeah, that's pretty good for him. But he should be putting up 120 at least once every couple of but weeks. But at least he's playing dead set in the middle. He's not playing wing like Angus Brasher, and we know what he can yeah, do. Yeah, but he's been playing centre the entire year. So, so like... you are completely off Ang- uh, Oliver. So de- you're, you're dead set. I am not. I would not look at trading him in in salary cap. Um, yes or no? No, I'm not trading him in. Yeah, So, and you would advise people not to trade them For in. For 752000 I think there's other options that I would be looking yeah, at. Yeah, he's still a bit pricey, isn't he? Yeah, um, I'd be looking at... Merritt, I have more confidence in Merritt to put up the big scores at the moment. I'd be looking at um, Taranto, I think, is a little bit cheaper than him. And only, he's putting up bit. And he's putting up similar scores, but he's playing in a better team at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just have a look at some other guys. But yeah, but yeah I, get, I get your point. So yeah, you're definitely not on board with the idea of trading him specifically looking for a point of difference and you think he's got a lot of upside, I wouldn't be looking at him in salary cap at the moment. Cool. All right. And, and I love... Oliver as well. So I know, I know you're a big Melbourne fan. You're a, you're a weird Fremantle supporter who just has an absolute love affair with the demons. 
because um, I, I, I've got to have someone to, yeah, to support yeah, who I yeah. hope might actually win. Because Freo will never be a fantasy team, yeah. unfortunately. Nat five for seven hundred thirty four k. Yeah, he's another. I'd good be going option. five over Oliver. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so. Uh, getting back to some of the other Demons players, they had a lot of good draft players in this game. So Jones, Harms, Melchin all broke the ton. Um, Lockhart is just doing so well at the moment. He oh, has to be yeah, on your field. Yeah. I realise that, yes, he's played Gold Coast last week, but he did break the ton. Uh, sorry. Before yeah, well. he did break the ton the week before. He's shown that poise. Uh, he's definitely going to be played closer to the ball because he is proving himself. Uh, yeah, he's one that you have to have on your field. And same with yep. Marty Hoare, who's just putting up solid 80s every week yes. as a rookie price player. Yep. Um, he's my number one defender rookie that I would be playing on the field every week, ahead of players like uh, Stack. I mean, Lockhart, obviously, he yeah. would be slightly ahead of him. But yep. I, for me personally, I have Lockhart in my midfield. So yeah, yeah. taking Hayes' spot. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I, I, think, I think both of the Melbourne rookies are just gold at the moment. If you haven't... Yeah, you've missed the boat on them for those that don't have them, though. Yeah. Uh, okay, some of the Gold Coast players. Uh, they... uh, just quickly before we do, uh, Melksham, 111. For those of you that have got him in your draft leagues, he's out for four to six weeks. Oh, which, is he? Yeah. Um, I think he broke his foot in like the last quarter, which Ugh. is unfortunate because yeah. he's actually been really solid in draft this year. Um and there was somebody else as well, but I forget. So we'll move. Uh, on. Michael Hibbard. Michael Hibbard got injured at some stage. Yeah, he. Um, but he's pretty much. Yeah, he copped, a, he copped year, an AC so or a collarbone or something like that from memory. Um, okay, so yeah, on the Gold Coast side of the ledger, we got Darcy McPherson, Nick Holman, Dave Swallow, Lockie Weller, all broke the ton. Yep. Nothing particularly special to look at there. There's only a couple of guys that I would even consider, especially in classic from the Gold Coast Suns, and that's Fiorini, who was injured this week. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure what the situation is there, or if he gets up again. Yep. Uh, has got some draft um, These are all keeper guys, but, pretty much yeah. keeper guys for me. Um, you shouldn't own too many uh, Gold Coast players in a redraft either. Because maybe Dave Swallow, who's been solid this year. Um Jack Bowes has been okay for a defender in Ultimate Footy. He's dropped off the last couple of weeks, he though, has. so hopefully he can turn it around. Yeah, there's just a lot of promise in this side, um, and that's why they're they're real keeper league only team for me. Uh, aside from Fiorini, of course, that's that's a completely different story when he's on the park. Uh, anyone else you want to talk about from Gold Coast? No, just looking through. That's pretty much it. No, nah, they're all they're all deeper sort of draft guys. All right, so West Coast versus the Saints. West Coast got up in the end after a little bit of a scare. The Saints got back within twelve points of the uh, the Eagles at one stage in the final quarter. Um, Gaff just keeps delivering. One hundred and eight. He's someone that I feel you have to have in your side. A lot of people say that he doesn't perform particularly well away from home. But I think that's a bit of a oh, understatement that might for me. Be a bit of an overreaction because I think. I, I think yes, he doesn't quite do the 140s or the 130s, but he's still giving it's, you 105 it's or so. Not like he's playing badly; he's yeah. just not cranking out ridiculous scores. Exactly. So he's someone you have to have in your side. Yeah, I mean, it's me. not like a a um, Papley of this year where he's putting up yeah. like 50s at or an home. Ed, Ed Langdon of 2018, where he would just yeah. put up a 60 away from home and then he'd put up 120 at home and he'd average something pretty decent. Yeah. But yeah, that that's too much He's of a still, yo-yo. Still doable. Yeah. And Hearn is just looking every bit like a top six defender. He's just looking like an absolute yeah. champ at the moment. Um, Sheet is frustrating me. I bet Sheet is frustrating you. Well, only a 94 from him, but he's... Yeah, but where was this while I was still I fielding? <laughs> you were fielding through the 40s and the 50s. And, yeah. And you didn't get any of these he's, nice little 90s towards the end. in the uh, 
on the Never Again list for the time being. <laughs> well, there's a lot of Eagles on the Never Again list. Players like Jack Darling, who a lot of people might have taken a punt on at the start of the year after his breakout 2018, it seemed like. Um, yep. Brad Shepard is sort of chugging along at the moment. We had some raps on him a couple of weeks ago. And he was in the same sort of basket as Zach Jones for us, who we thought could maybe yeah. buy for that top six defender spot. Shepard has drifted. He's not top six anymore, but I think he's still in the conversation for top ten. Yeah, happy to say that. Um, and players like Jack Redden, who's just all over the shop, no idea what he's going to do. He's yep. just ridiculous for draft league owners. Very nice 80 from Oscar Allen for mm. anyone in salary cap that have got him. Um, if, if you had him as a rookie at the start of the year, yeah. I'm sure not too many people would have him. I think he would be um, gone by now. Yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll go to the Saints players and, you know, not too much to report on here. Dunstan and Battle broke the ton, but they are pretty underwhelmingly owned in Classic and they would, <laughs> unfortunately... In draft leagues, uh, you know, they're middling sort of players. Dunstan, Dunstan will be owned in redrafts. Mm. Battle will be owned in some keepers. Yeah. I actually quite like Battle. Yeah, and I don't I mind Battle. As a, he'll be backman next year. I quite like taking a punt on Battle mm-hmm. in a deep keeper where you can hold a lot of guys from year to year. Battle's a defender this year. Is in, this in, in Ultimate Footy, I think he has back and forward status. To get the back status added. Yeah, as a um, okay. uh, MDPP add-on. Because he started the year as a forward. He was, right? yes. But he's got back status now. Cool. Alrighty then. Um, okay. He reads the ball really well, so I've got I've got quite good reps on him. Yeah, some middle-of-the-road scores from you know Jack Billings, Seb Ross, Jack Steele. So, <sighs> Jack Billings is a hold in salary cap for me. I still think with the lack of options in the forward line that he's going to jump up again at some stage. Jack Steele, we mentioned last week, you just have to get rid of him. He's not performing like we thought he would in the midfield. And Seb Ross, look, he, he couldn't quite get it done this week. The issue was there were no tackles from him. He didn't mm. make a single tackle, and he got to 94. Um, so he's getting the possessions, he just didn't make the tackles. I think if you did trade him in a few weeks ago, still hold on to him, it'd be an absolute luxury trade to trade out Seb Ross. Yeah, but this is what he started the year off doing. Yeah. Accumulating but not really doing anything else. I suspect it'll probably um, sort of turn around and around over the year. Okay, the two rookies for St. Kilda. All right, Matthew Parker and Callum Wilkie. Now, Matthew Parker is one that I would definitely be looking at getting rid of if you need a quick bit of cash um, and you don't need a whole lot to get up to someone good to to up Ross or Scrimshaw to someone good. Otherwise, if you're needing to trade out both Ross and Scrimshaw, for example, this week... I think his average is around about what his break-even is now, so you can just afford to hold him for one more week and just see what he does. Yeah, break-even of 49, averaging 52.5. And he did have a tough game. Mm -hmm. Actually, he's got Collingwood this week, so that'll be another tough game for him. Yeah. But Um, after that, he's got Carlton, so... And and Wilkie, he's he's in the same boat for me, basically. He's just... He'll get another game next week, just hold him. There's no massive issues there. Just... You have to deal with the potential for a low score and play him on your bench. No, no, yeah, again, no two big issues. That's pretty much exactly the same. Fifty-two average, forty-nine break-even. Yeah. Um, okay, we'll move over onto the showdown, which was uh, so. This was another well, good game for fantasy coaches, but pretty poor game for uh, for footy Anyone fans else? because I mean the Crows were always going to win this, and the Power just kicked a few late goals uh, to get back to some sort of you know respectability. Uh, Adelaide. Rory Sloan was terrific with 130. He looked fantastic. And Rory Laird is getting back into some decent scores. Yeah. Uh, he's still very lowly priced. He is still very cheap. So if you don't own Rory Laird and you're looking to up Scrimshaw to someone, that is a terrific option. 
Um, yep. Yeah, yeah, he's still sub seven hundred. Yeah, six hundred and eighty-seven break even of one hundred and six, and he has Brisbane this week. Yeah, absolutely. Go out and get Rory Laird. Uh, Brad Crouch is just chugging along, but you can afford to keep him a little while longer. It'd be a luxury to trade him, and I don't think you need to at this stage. Yeah. So just on Rory Laird quickly before you keep going, I wouldn't necessarily jump on him this week. Brisbane haven't been giving up a huge amount of points, so yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I, I I would if you're looking at getting rid of. Scrimshaw. Because yeah, but I don't think... Uh, personally, I think it's a very likely chance Scrimshaw will miss this week, mm-hmm. in which case, unless you particularly want to access his the cash you've got locked up there, I wouldn't be moving him on this week because he's not going to lose you're any a, money. You're a big fan of keeping players in your side when they're not playing if they're not going to lose money. And that's something that I don't like doing. I always want cash generation happening in my side. Yeah, but it's where I... It's because this time of the year, often you'll have two or three guys you want to get rid of at the same time. Mm-hmm. Because they're all pretty much peaking as cash cows. So if you I've do. got one of them that's not playing, yeah. that's clearly not the one I'm moving on first. Yeah, okay. So if you've got, so say, Sam Walsh and Scrimshaw. Yep. Scrimshaw is missing one week. And I say that in parentheses because yep. there's a chance he could miss two or three. Yep. There's a chance he might play. Yeah, but exactly. he injured his neck, so I think personally there's I, I a pretty good chance I he misses. I think he's missing. Um, so, so out of those two, who do you trade first? Walsh. 100%. Yeah. Because I'm trading cash this week. See, I'm trading Scrimshaw because I think that Walsh can still put up a very good score on my field. I'm moving Walsh on and hoping that in this scenario I've got enough cash with my other <laughs> trade that I can turn him into someone I'm actually happy to start. All right. I like Which it. is what you'd be doing with Scrimshaw anyway. I guess because, yeah, Scrimshaw isn't playing on you, your field if you've got Hoare, if you've got Stack, if you've exactly. got. Um, Lock, uh, Lockhart in your back line. So maybe your way is the better way to go there for someone that you can afford to cover. Yes. So if they're playing on your bench anyway, you can leave them there. Exactly. Um, okay, so some of the other Brisbane players. Brody Smith had a down game and he has really leveled off. His break-even is now at 80. So who are we talking about? Brody Smith for the Crows. Yep, um, cool. We need to look at getting rid of him if you can. Otherwise, just leave him and let him chug along for a little bit. Yeah, not urgent, but... Not super urgent, but you need to start thinking about who you want to move him on to. Um, and then, yeah, not not too much else to speak about apart from Matt Crouch, who this was really unfortunate. He was taken off the ground in the second quarter on 53, so he was looking at terrific uh, from a fantasy point of view in this game. He had to go off. Uh, I think it was hip soreness in the end. I, yeah, he I don't think his hip. I don't think we've seen anything about that today. So we're not sure what the longevity of that'll be. But if he's set to miss any time, it's a straight swap for me. Um, well, yeah. Well, if he's if he's missing one week, uh, I would still straight swap him because hips can be a little bit iffy and they, might and might get another. They no, tend to hang around for a while. This yeah. could be another Whitfield where one week turns into two, and who knows about the third? Yeah. So no, that's fair. Um, okay, is there anyone else from the Crows you want to talk about, or should we move on to the power? Not particularly. No. Tommy Rockliffe, one hundred and forty-nine. Mm. He smashed it. Um, so have you flip flopped on this one again? No, Do you no. Think I'm, his top eight is no, still? I'm not bringing. I'm not bringing. You, you're Tom still, still nah, on board? No, nah, not particularly. Um, they, the Crows didn't care about Tom Rockliffe, um, and it showed. And the Crows also don't have a a tagger. Um, no, that's fair. So Tom Rockliffe does get quite easily tagged, and he is targeted by teams that have him. I'm yeah, I'm not super sold on Tom Rockliffe to be honest. Going going forward, um, if okay. he does if he does this for the next. 
uh, next week as well. So if he goes big next week, it'll kind of force my hand. So if he goes big against Gold Coast, it might force your hand. Sorry, sorry, no, no, the week after, I meant the week after. Against Hawthorne. Yeah. yeah, Who are also giving up points to midfielders. They're giving up points, but uh, Daniel Howe and Cousins do do a little bit of a role now and then. So if if one of them slows him down, it will prove that he can't handle even the slightest tag. If he still goes decent against them, I'll go right. He's only going to score poorly against maybe a West Coast and a GWS. Uh, yeah, I, this is another one where I've got to disagree with you. because mm. Just because Port haven't looked that, that dangerous the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So I'm not sure that they're necessarily going, well, we need to shut players down to beat them. Yeah. I think teams can beat them on their own merits at the moment. Mm-hmm. His next month, he's got Gold Coast, Hawthorne, St. Kilda, and Frio. That is a good month, actually. That is a if good he, month. If he doesn't get massively tagged, mm-hmm. as you're su- suggesting, that's a, pretty much the easiest scoring month you can have. Mm, that's a good month. So, I, I'm I'm pretty pretty confident that he can have a good month there. Yeah, you're confident that he can be the uh, the top eight forward that we want of top eight midfielder that yeah, we want him to be I think so okay does he outscore at the end of the year Tom Rockliffe I know we've gone a little bit long on Tom Rockliffe <laughs> that's uh, cool Stephen Cornelia um quick answers quick answers no thinking off the top of your head uh, I'm gonna say they're gonna be levelish. that's that yes or no uh yes yeah so he outscores Stephen Cornelia at the end of the year yes Andrew Gaff oh no, no. Actually, actually no Stephen Cornelia okay that's I mean, he's someone that I would have definitely in my top eight. So if you're saying that he's outscoring Stephen Canelio, if he's a definite well, top eight midfielder. My initial thing was, I think they'll be pretty even. Because Canelio spends about a quarter of every game in the forward mm-hmm. line. He sometimes still does a little bit of a lockdown attention on someone. And he sometimes gets the tag himself. Yep. So yes, Canelio can put up the 160s like he did in round one. But he, for me, Canelio is more of 100 to 108 most weeks. Mm-hmm. I think that Rockliffe's probably around there as well. Okay. Yeah, cool. All right. So if that's the case, then we're we're definitely saying here that Rockliffe is a top eight midfielder, which means you need to get him in now. This is the week. So. This is the week if you don't have Tommy Rockliffe that you need to get him in because he is going to go big over the next two or three. That's no question with the run that he's got. But But if, you're not convinced still. I'm still not I'm I yeah. I don't I was I all you. aboard Tom Rockliffe the last two years. Mm-hmm. And he burnt me every single year when he showed a little bit of something. And I just feel in the back of my lizard brain that he is going to burn us again. And, okay. you know, it's it's a mitigated risk because if I'm the one that doesn't take that, you know, I'm going to benefit greatly. If I, if I do take that risk, uh, yeah, I mean... I suppose there's not too much to it because everyone else will have him. He's currently 33% yeah. owned, so... Yeah, so... We're probably not talking to a lot of people right now, but... 33%? 30, 33% owned. That's a lot of people, dude. That's a lot of teams. That's that's a big ownership in fantasy footy. Um, okay, so some of the other players from a Port Adelaide point of view. We've got Boak, obviously, he mm-hmm. does what he does. Lineup was very solid. So was Dan Houston. A lot of the defenders, like even Dersmer, was very, very solid in this game, running off halfback. Yeah. Um, Der- so the of the rookies, Dersmer, Rosie, uh, Drew um, were all. I mean, Drew not so much. I was expecting significantly more from him. With uh, Drew with started Mark the game really well, out. but um, didn't really carry on with it. Unfortunately, I think it's a it's a hold for me with Drew because they, they did specifically say that he was going to be getting those midfield minutes that Wines was 
missing for, and yeah. he's got an easy matchup this week with Gold Coast. Yep, exactly. The, the fact that he's got Gold Coast this week is pretty much my main. So it's a whole reason for all for, of the yeah. Port rookies, no question whatsoever. Yeah, but as we said last week, after this game against Gold Coast, you're going to have to start looking at moving him on because yeah. they do have their first buy, and there's a lot of. Um, lot of people on that first buy that you yep. need to worry about. And just for draft league owners, Ryan Burton, uh, he had hamstring soreness during the game. He only had three possessions and finished on eight points, unfortunately. So there's a bit of a question about whether he plays this week. Um, if that's the case, yeah, it's unfortunate, but it's a hold for me in draft leagues. And in classic, if you do have him, I know some people have him in salary cap. Um, why, I'm not sure. It sucks. You need to get him out quickly. And on that note, we are going to end the first part of the podcast there. Make sure to join us for part two, where we're going to go through the remaining games from Sunday's matches. Uh, We're also going to answer your questions off of Twitter, and we will be playing our favorite game, Risk It For The Biscuit, where we help you out with your waiver list picks. So make sure to download and join us for part two.